Thank you. That was absolutely gorgeous. Hey, man, what a way to start our day. Happy Labor Day weekend, by the way. I'm so glad that you could all be here with us today. If you would join me in prayer. Most holy and wonderful God, we just thank you for this beautiful day. I ask that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. And if there might be one person in this place that needs to hear a word from you, Lord God, let me be that vessel that speaks in your name. Amen. Wow. Talk about Philemon is kind of difficult. I would be doing a big injustice if I didn't at least mention the fact that for hundreds of years, this one particular scripture did more damage to a particular group of people than can be imagined. Because Philemon was used for hundreds of years, if you didn't know it, to justify slavery. People would go to this scripture and look at it, and because Paul was telling the slave to go back to the slave owner, therefore, Paul must have been basically condoning slavery. That's what people read into this scripture. I don't know. I don't see that there. But we all know that lots of people use scripture to justify whatever prejudices they already have. We know that, don't we? But we're going to take a look at this scripture today through a new lens. We're going to see this scripture through a lens of love. Because when I look at this scripture, I see something totally different. I don't see Paul justifying slavery by telling the slave to go back to the slave owner. As a matter of fact, it could be argued that Onesimus may not even be a slave. Because there is a verse in there where he says, your brother, not only in spirit, but in flesh. So maybe these are two brothers that are having a quarrel. Maybe one doesn't like being subservient to the other one, and they've had an argument. We can't really tell what is going on. As a matter of fact, when I was doing the study for this, and I was looking at what the scholars were saying back and forth, oh my goodness, they argue. And I still am of the opinion that if you put 50 theologians in a room and asked them what this scripture means, you're going to get 50 different opinions. And that how it always works. But I do know that in studying that now the scholars say this scripture really had nothing to do with slavery. Nothing. And so we're going to put that behind us. And we're going to look and see what does this scripture really say to us today. And we're going to talk specifically about forgiveness because a big part of this scripture is about forgiveness. Now there are two people in here. We're going to put it in context because in order to understand scripture, you really need to understand the context and look at what's really going on. First of all, this is a letter that Paul is writing not only to Philemon, but to the church that Philemon is head of. So he addresses Apphia and Archippus and the church in his house. And so this is to a group of people, but mostly to Philemon. I'm going to change the names just because I'm that way. 
I don't like saying Philemon and Onesimus because it's too hard. So we're going to call him Pete and Oliver. Is that easy? Are you guys okay with that? I mean, for me, that's easier to remember. So we got this one guy, Pete. Paul is writing to Pete. And so he says, Pete, you are a wonderful person. You have done so much to further the word of God. You are just great. You help all the saints, which, by the way, saints are you all. The faith community. You are the saints. So he's telling Pete, you have helped all the saints. Your faith is incredible. And you have done such wonderful things. Now, I like Paul. A lot of people don't like Paul. Especially women have a tendency to really not like Paul because of some of the things that are said in Paul's name. But I happen to know when you really start studying Paul and understanding Paul in context, Paul was really a radical equalitarian. Most people don't know that. I read a book, as a matter of fact, I shared it with one of the folks sitting out there shaking her head called what, called what Paul really said about women. If you have an issue with Paul, I really urge you to go read it because it's amazing. But anyway, Paul does a really cool thing because he knows that he's going to tell Pete something that Pete doesn't really want to hear. So he starts off the letter by telling him what a great person he is. How many of you out there are leaders and you do the same thing? When you have to tell somebody something bad, how do you do it? The first thing you do is tell them how great they are because now they're listening to you. If you get them in the room and you say, listen, i got to talk to you because you're a real moron and you really messed this up, they're turning you off. They're not going to listen, right? So he gets Pete. He's telling them in the letter, what a wonderful guy you are. You are just amazing. You're incredible. But now we have to talk because I've got Oliver here with me. Now, Oliver came and sought me out because there are some things going on. When you read Paul, you kind of have to read in between the lines, right? Because it's hard. You're reading the letter to one person. You don't know what the other person was saying or what the situation was. So you kind of have to read into it sometimes. But we try not to take too many liberties. We try to really stick with the text. But we know that Oliver is there with Paul. Paul's sitting in prison. And I guess they let him have visitors back then to come serve him and help him out. And so Oliver's in prison. And Oliver has really helped Paul out to the point where now Oliver's converted. He's now a believer. He's helping Paul spread the word of the gospel. And he has become like a son to Paul, right? That's what the scripture says. He's like my son. I love him like a son. He is my heart. I love this man. Now we have to talk. Because there's an issue between you two. So Paul is acting like a mediator, right? He wants to bring these two back together. Because obviously there's an issue between Pete and Oliver. They've had some kind of falling out. We're not really sure what. We don't know if it has to do with slavery. We don't know if they're two brothers. When it comes right down to it, it doesn't really matter, does it? What matters is these two men have an issue with each other. Now, I can imagine, because I'm like that, that Paul has already had a come-to-Jesus talk with Oliver. 
That's what my pastor used to call him. If you needed a talking to, you had a come to Jesus meeting with the pastor. And so Oliver's already had this come to, come to Jesus meeting with Paul. And Paul has said, listen, you need to get over whatever has happened between you two. And you need to forgive Pete for however he has offended you. So, of course, Oliver's going to sit there and go, but, but, no, wait a minute. Pete and I are going to have a conversation, too, but that's not about you. I'm talking about you right now here. You need to forgive. So, somehow, he probably convinces Oliver. And now, Paul is working on Pete. And he says, listen, Pete. You got an issue here. And it's standing in the way of your ministry. Remember in one part of the scripture, he says that your ministry will be much more effective. Why would it be more effective? Obviously, there's an obstacle that's keeping him from being fully effective in his ministry. I believe that that obstacle was his relationship with Oliver. And so Paul is telling him, if he has wronged you in any way, if he has hurt you in any way, I will take care of it. Me, Paul. If he's done anything, let me take care of it. So that's kind of what's going on in this scripture. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, I want you to think about a time where somebody has hurt you or offended you or insulted you or perhaps you have done something to hurt someone or offend them or insult them. When this happens, the relationship between you and this other person is damaged. Now, if it doesn't get resolved soon, what happens? You are angry. You are hurt. You're upset. And if that source of hurt doesn't go away, it doesn't stop, it doesn't get resolved, that anger builds, doesn't it? That hurt builds. And so now, let's think about it. If I've had somebody that hurt me, I'm going to go on the defensive. I'm going to put up this wall so that nobody can get in and hurt me again. But if I'm still being attacked, then I'm going to go on the offense. And I'm going to start attacking back, because by gosh, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And so now, you have two people clashing. Has that ever happened? No. None of us have ever gone through anything like that, have we? It's just me. So when this happened to me, <laughs> I had all this anger and hurt and angst, and it just builds up, and it becomes toxic, and it overflows, and it spews out. And now, not only is it affecting me and affecting the person with who I'm directing all this, now it's affecting the people around me. Because if I'm down here next to you and I have all this negative energy coming out, don't you feel it? 
How many of you have ever been sitting in a room and you, and you have somebody walk in and you can immediately tell, man, they are so angry. And you feel this negative energy and it's just like you go, ooh. That's what happens. And so we have all this anger and it's just everywhere. It's just spewing out and it's starting to affect not only the original relationship, but now it's affecting all my relationships. So I come in here and I sit in church. And wait a minute, the person that I'm really angry with is sitting right over there. So I'm going to sit way back there. Because I don't want anything to do with them. I don't like them, I'm mad at them. And I'm going to sit way back there. And I'm going to be in my own little space. And nobody's going to come near me. I've been there. Let me tell you what, I've been there and it's not a pretty place to be. And this is what Paul knows. Paul knows that when you're looking through that lens, that human lens, that distorts what we see because of our anger and because of our pain, it changes our world. We see the world in a very different way. Paul knows this. And so Paul is appealing to Pete and saying, let it go. If Oliver has made you angry, if he owes you money, if he wrecked your car, whatever, let me take care of it. Me, I will take care of it because I want you two to come together in a relationship of love. A God relationship. Because human relationships are built on hierarchy, right? There's always somebody here and then the pecking order. Somebody else is down here. Or there's always somebody that's right and somebody that's wrong. Or it's your fault and I'm not to blame. And that's kind of how human relationships go. But when we look at the world through a lens of love, our relationships are based on love. And now we're equal. And that's what Paul was looking for. He was looking for a relationship of equality. I want you to love Oliver like a brother. I want you to treat him like he is your best friend. I want you two to get together and stop this nonsense. So this is Paul's come to Jesus letter to Pete, right? And so what does that mean for us? That means when I am now in this place where I'm sitting in the back of the church back there because I'm all upset and I'm angry at somebody sitting over here, whether they hurt me first or not, it makes no difference. God is calling me to forgive. Why? Why should I forgive them? They hurt me. Why? Why should I forgive? There's a very good reason why I should forgive. Because my anger, my hurt, more than anything else, hurts me. It doesn't hurt them. 99.9% .9 of the time, they may not even know that you're angry, and if they did, they wouldn't even care. 
right? The only thing that happens when I keep all this in is that it hurts me. It eats at my soul. It steals my joy. It robs me of my life. It distorts my relationship with others. It distorts my relationship with God. And it even distorts the way that I interact in the world. And so forgiveness is about God's grace. Through God's grace, I can forgive. And if I'm not in a place where I'm ready to do that, then I need to pray and pray and pray until I can get to a point where I can forgive. Because until I can let that go and release it, it's going to continue to dampen my joy and eat at me. So I have to forgive. If for anything, I have to do it for me. When I forgive, does it mean that I have to forget? Absolutely not. You know, you hear all that, that all the time, forgive and forget. No, you don't have to forget. As a matter of fact, remember. Remember what it felt like to be in that place so that you strive never to be there again. If you forgive that person, does that mean you have to trust them and let them into your inner circle again? Absolutely not. That's not what forgiveness is about. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to make them your best friend. But what it does is it removes an obstacle so that you can be in relationship with them, a Christian relationship where they are your brother in Christ. Right? I'm going to talk about one more thing real quick because if I didn't touch on this, I'd be doing you a disservice. One of the biggest things that we are all guilty of is the fact that we cannot come to forgive ourselves. Isn't that true? We have such a difficult time forgiving ourselves. I'm going to ask you all right now that if you have anything in your heart that is keeping you from a deep and meaningful relationship with God because of something you have done, you think you're not worthy. You think that you're a sinner. You think that God would never be able to love you because of what you've done or who you are. I'm going to ask you to go to God in prayer because God's already forgiven you long ago. Now it's time for you to forgive yourself and let that go. Can you do that? I want to close with a quote from Martin Luther King because he was a very wise man, wasn't he? Martin Luther King said, we must develop and maintain the capacity for, to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. Take this opportunity to look at your relationships with each other, with your God, with yourself, and forgive. Amen.